There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you for yet another week with another fantastic guest. And uh, I'd love to say a big thanks to my guest last week, to Aaron Schmuckler. We were talking about teamification and had a great conversation about uh, about teams and their kind of the, the, the best way to, to develop them and to grow them and to deal with dysfunction and things like that. Um, so it just feels... Um, just perfect to have uh, Wukash Brisky on the show today to um, to build on that really and, and talk about uh, teams and their kind of international nature. Now I do hope um, things are going uh, well for you wherever you are um, around the around the globe. It's always um, wonderful to hear that we've we have people accessing from over fifty countries every month. So I'm quite um, proud of that. And I think that Wukash is the first person we've had from Poland, which is very exciting today. Um, so um, I'm it's great to be able to go around the globe and talk to people from uh, different parts of the world. Um, I'm also quite excited at the moment. Um, I have a, there's a new book, um, Play the Game, which has just um, come out today. And I, I just um, contributed a chapter to it. Um, it's expected to be a, a, a good seller around the world. And people are excited that it's going to be in, in all sort of good bookstores, um, quite a lot of um, sort of offline as well as online. And I was um, one of the um, identified as a game-changing leader in contributing a chapter on, um, on how to elevate um, your leadership for a better world. Um, if you want to access that, you can access that from places like Amazon. And today, I think for today, for maybe a week, or two, um, it's available at only 99 cents as a Kindle download. So uh, if you want to get it very, very cheaply, um, the next couple of weeks, um, up to I think maybe the 20th of October, but not likely beyond that, you can access it for just 99 cents. So do get hold of the copy. Um, so let's um, let's meet our guest today, um, Wukash Brisky. Um, now, my guest today owns companies in four different countries, and that's given him lots and lots of exposure to all sorts of different business cultures. And he's had, he has teams and um, all over the globe that he's um, kind of connected into, not just one, there's, uh, there's multiple. Um, he, he's worked in corporate, he's worked um, in different companies across the globe before um, setting up his own businesses. And today he's got an online marketing um, a business consultancy, um, consultancy, also a property investment consultancy with uh, uh, with my um, good friend Daniel Wood from uh, Sweden, who we've had on the show um, before as well. And he's really passionate about helping people to find their DNA and automate their sales. Um, he's also very passionate about helping um, companies grow their business. Um, as I mentioned, he's property co- an investing company that's Momentum Property Education. Uh, and he's, um, he's also really passionate about teaching people about financial education and believes that people should really educate themselves to uh, be able to you know, take responsibility for their own financial future. So today we're going to talk about international teams and we'll have, let's have a little chat about um, this, this point about finance as well, because um, I think it's a really kind of key key topic right now that's um, you know, it's, it's at the forefront of many people's minds. So 
Uh, a huge welcome today. Now, um, Wukash, I, I refer to him as Wukash Brisky, I think, when I spoke to him. Um, but he's, he's, his name is spelled L-U-K-A-S-Z, and then Brisky is B-R-Y-Z-S-K-I. So a huge welcome to uh, Wukash. How are you? Thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well. Looking forward to our chat today. Excellent. So, 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 so tell me, you, you, you're based whereabouts in Poland and are you, are you of Polish origin? Yes, I'm based in Poland. I live in Krakow right now. Um, that's, the, that's my, that's my uh, country of origin. I, I, I used to live in a few countries in Europe. Uh, last, the la- when, I, when, I lo- when I lived the longest was, was Sweden. I lived 10 years there. Mm. Came back, came back. Yes, uh, last year in the middle of pandemic, <laughs> I moved, <laughs> moved between countries with my whole five people family. Um, so it was quite of a quite of an adventure. Yeah. So, so what, what brought you back to Poland? What? Um, mostly family, family and friends. Um, of course, business as well. Uh, I I have a few. I had a few opportunities here, um, so you know I know I don't know if I'm gonna stay here for for a longer time. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, I you know I went to Sweden for two years, but I and I and I stayed there for ten, so so really hard to plan anything. And I've uh, I've heard that Krakow. I've not been. I've been to Warsaw, but I've heard Krakow's quite a beautiful city. Is that what's it like to live in, and what's it been like during the pandemic? Oh, it's it's completely empty now, which is which is absolutely crazy because it's a very touristic country. We have loads of tourists, especially during the summer. Um, now this time, this this year was actually quite empty. Uh, the same last year, but but it was it was quite of you know, it's not very common to just walk down the streets in, a, in downtown uh, and it's hot, so obviously it's summer and it's just empty. <laughs> so it was fun to fun to, to to live there, of course, during the summer. Usually we we try to avoid uh, you know the city center because there are so many tourists. Uh, it's a small yeah. town, uh, you know. It's only was like eight hundred thousand people, so it's not a big mm. city, uh, and it's comp- you know, it's like probably we have maybe two hundred thousand people. Uh, of two hundred thousand tourists uh, during the summer, so it's it's no, it's absolutely nuts, and all of them in the small downtown um, city center. So so this thing was different. And I know you're in, into you like swimming and mountains and things like that. Can can you uh, fulfill those um, those needs in in Krakow? Yeah, it's actually Krakow is, is a beautiful city itself, but it's also quite well located. So we have we have mountains like maybe one hour drive from here, uh, which is something I missed when I was living in Sweden. You know, where we lived in Sweden was, was completely flat. Now we came back mm-hmm. and we can finally, you know, uh, do some mountain climbing with, with kids, which is, which is something we do almost every week now because we're so hungry for it. <laughs> yeah, not, not nice. I guess in Sweden, you, there's lots of lakes to swimming. Swimming, I suppose that's the... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah, mosquitoes. Yeah, I had a, a holiday there a few years ago, and I remember swimming in the Baltic. It was pretty chilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think most of the Swedes swim in in lakes because they are much warmer. Uh, they get warm quite quickly in in Sweden, so it's definitely warmer and nicer to to swim in lakes in Sweden when you are in Sweden. Yeah, and what what um what interested you? Or inspired you to become entrepreneurial because you mentioned we mentioned briefly that you've got a corporate background so you've gone corporate and you've now got four companies and multiple teams what, what, what was the inspiration for that 
It's actually it's actually funny because uh, you know when I when I grew up, I'm born in, in 1983. Uh, so when I was born, Poland was still a communist country, and I remember well when the Berlin Wall has fallen. Uh, I remember from the from the TV. And uh, the time when I was growing up was was in the maybe early '90s. It was a, a, a wild, uh, wild democracy, um, and uh, you know everything. There was there were plenty of businesses opening up. Uh, my dad, who was quite entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial as well, um, he failed because there was so many so many things not going not, not in place yet. I mean, the economy yeah. wasn't ready for that for everybody yet at that time. Um, so I grew up in a, in a family where everyone, where everybody was saying, you know, just go to work, you know, keep it safe, uh, don't stick out too much. Uh, and then, you know, when I was, I think 30, I said like, no, just let's, no, 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 let's, let's, let's open up. Let's, let's quit corporate, uh, and, you know, start on my own business, which was, which was fun and amazing journey. And I don't, and I don't, don't want to come back. Like somebody said, uh, that I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not employable anymore. <laughs> if you can even say that. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm definitely going to continue my, my journey. Uh, I don't regret being in corporate. It was a fantastic time. I, mean, I got so many lessons and I, many of those lessons that I, I'll be talking about today are actually from, from my corporate times. Um, I probably even if I started my own business here, uh, I wouldn't be able to, to scale enough to sort of have experience working with both teams in Australia, India, and the US at the same time. So, so it was, um, I don't regret the time. It was a, a lovely journey, uh, but now sort of I, I love scaling businesses and, and I love working with, working on, on my own, essentially. I, I, excellent. And um, I mean, tell me a little bit about, about your your businesses why 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 not focus on one <laughs> <laughs> so so you know my my wife always jokes at me that uh, i'm i'm very predictable because whenever something starts to go well i just i just change my mind and i start something different um so so um I started with with properties because it was kind of safe business, but I never wanted to be in, in properties just for the sake of being in properties. Um, so that, but that was my 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 way to step out of corporate and build my safety net. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm not a big risk taker, even though I start businesses. Uh, I like to take uh, you know the educated risk. Um, that's why I build my my financial cushion uh, in in properties. Um, and then somehow, somehow organically, we started consulting in properties. Um, that was one my thing. Then we built a team there, and we built systems. And I'm all into systems. I'm a programmer by by education, so I'm I'm all into systems. I like putting systems in place and just and just moving moving out, and then you know moving moving to the next venture. Um, so we built systems there. Uh, the company is 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 working. We have people working for us. And then I I launched my other business, which was which was marketing with my with my friend in in Switzerland, um, because there was an opportunity there. Um, so so we did a bit of that. Then we got hit by COVID. So that's actually one of the that's the, my only business that didn't really fly. I mean, it flew for a while, but then COVID stopped everything because we were uh, our our business idea was that we will. 
we'll get people to nice, interesting places, spots, touristic spots in Europe, and then create a, a video material for them. So, for instance, if you were to to record your video mar- marketing videos, um, we would take you to to Spain, for instance, to a nice town. Uh, at the beach, uh, you know, close to, on the seaside. And I would shoot videos for a day and then you would stay for the rest of the weekend in a nice spot. Uh, so that was sort of our, our business concept. But as soon as we started, the COVID hit. <laughs> so so it, it sort of, it is, it is put, a, put, a, put on hold, but I think, still think it's a good business idea. It's a good business concept. Mm, so we might come back to that. And now, since since COVID hit, there was another opportunity, which is which is online marketing. Like everybody wants to be online. Everybody wants to move their business to to the internet and and tries to sell there. And even though e-commerce is a growing, um, you know, growing business, so but it's very very hard uh, <laughs> because mm. because it's it's um, you know for those who know how to do it well. It's easy, but if you if yes. you're not if you don't if you don't have any experience if you have a bricks and mortar company and bricks and mortar business, it's you can't just you, ju- you can't just port it one on one to to the to the web to uh, you know to, to the internet. So so I'm I'm helping others to find their way um, online, try mm. to sell sell uh, sell their their products and build sales funnels. Uh, and I'm consulting there, and we just hired the first the first person, uh, which is great. <laughs> we have two more people to hire because we we have um, you know we we're growing so fast because there's so much need for it. Uh, so so we're establishing a team here finally. And where, 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 the, where are the markets are you finding in the? Are some some people more ahead in some countries? Is is it? Uh... If you've so, got particular markets where you're seeing a real need for this right now, or is it just general? Oh, the, the need is everywhere. Um, where everywhere, we're yeah. where we're finding our customers is obviously primarily Poland because here's where we're based. Uh, but with my with my sort of business connections all over the place, I'm trying to to get more customers from from Europe. Well, I don't have any good connections in the US yet. Uh, so if everybody is, <laughs> is is listening and is willing to to connect, uh, absolutely. Uh, would be fantastic, um, but we primarily have customers in Poland, in Sweden, in the UK, and in Switzerland. That's where sort of I'm established the most. But the the, the need for mm. for those services is is literally everywhere. Hmm. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, is it uh, you know how kind of how safe is it for someone in the US dealing with a Polish company, for example? Do, do, <laughs> 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 is it better value than, de- than dealing with someone in the U- United States? Do you think? I mean, what, what's, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, obviously everything comes to trust, right? I think that's where the trust and value. I think the value is is very high uh, as it comes to trust. Uh, well, you know, it's hard for us to establish a trust enough to to go there. So, so even if, um, I mean, we're not planning that. And we're not planning to go into the U.S. in a, in a close uh, future, but obviously, once we grow, we're, we're definitely going to be looking into that market. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe starting with a small office there, and then just outsource uh, work to Europe. That will be, I think, that will be a good model. Uh, pri- I believe that our main 
main um, the main benefit of working with us would be would be price so far, which is not a good thing to compete on. <laughs> <laughs> so so here we we just pay, you know here here in Europe we just work with our customers. They we're close to them. We can always take a take a train, take a flight, and and we're you know probably in a, yeah. up to two hours we're there. We're meeting them. Yeah. Brilliant. Right, we'll get a commercial break. After the commercial break, we'll get into international teams and we'll uh, um, draw on all your experiences uh, from um, from running teams all over the world. I think you from um, from our conversations, um, which will be which will be great. And um, so I'll be back again with you all in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break with a, a pen and paper because we're really going to get into the into the into the, the detail with lots of tips and thoughts and ideas for you. Uh, for developing your international teams. Back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Wukash Brisky, and we're talking about, um, uh, well, we're moving on to talk about developing uh, teams across um, different cultures. And Wukash, uh, I has got lots of experience of this. Um, I've actually myself run teams with people in lots of different countries as well, including somebody in Poland. Um, so I did visit visit Warsaw and so I saw how hardworking they were um, in, in, uh, in, in Poland. Um, so Wukash, tell us a little bit about, you know, your, your sort of top line thoughts on, on and experiences around creating teams across cultures. 
Well, I, th- I think if I were to summarize in the one sentence, it would be that it's really difficult. <laughs> it's really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're on the stage. <laughs> no, it's, it's really difficult, but it's also, very, it's, it's also fun. Uh, obviously, uh, there are multiple challenges um, because we, well, maybe you can divide, it in, divide, divide them into two groups. Um, one is purely technical. Uh, it's because if, especially if you are, um, if you are a distributed team, then it's really hard to build the relationship. So that's a that's a that's one thing. And then you have to keep, you know then you have to work with all the technicalities and maybe maybe connecting with them, maybe speaking to them a few times a week, and uh, or maybe you know flying over and and meeting together physically. And that's definitely you know uh, those are the obstacles they have to overcome. And the other one uh, is the culture mix. Uh, every every country has their own culture and different symbols and different ways of dealing with problems and different you know well different ways of dealing with stress. So mm. so every country is completely different, and the more you distance you distant you are to each other, the the harder it gets. Yeah. So uh, so it's it's really it's really difficult on on one side, but on the flip side, it's it's fun. I mean the 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 the, the colorful uh, team uh, with different cultures, the multicultural team, is absolutely amazing. People get uh, on, on, first of all, people have uh, first of all, it's it's exciting because it's different, right? It's always it's always exciting when it's mm. different. Uh, and on the other hand, this is also. Uh, people have different ways of thinking. People have different connotations with different words, which means that, that uh, overall the team gets a completely different dynamics. People are more creative as a team because they 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 think differently. Uh, so 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 it's exciting. It's fun. It's definitely fun. So it's both hard <laughs> and it's exciting. Yeah, and, and I mean how. You, you talked there about maybe setting up an office in the United States and uh, with a company that I was a, a part owner of, uh, we set up an office in Kowloon in China, but also we tried to set one off in France and one in the United States. And it was really, really difficult, actually. Yes. It was really complicated. And uh, I, I think I don't think the... Um, I exit the business, business and sold my share. I think I don't think the uh, offices are there in France and the States now because it was just enormous <laughs> amounts of bureaucracy and complexity. And um, so, is, is it? Um, do you tend to set up offices in in countries, or do you tend to uh, handle things more remotely? And you know, with people working from their homes and. So, so now, of course, now is now everybody tries to work remotely as much as possible. Yeah, <laughs> because, because because companies realize that it's both cheaper and more effective. Uh, no, not always more effective, but but as a you know, uh, in general, people tend to save money by making people work remotely. Um, but I think that if you if if you have just a small team, just a small distributed team, and you're not part of a major organization, having just people located in different countries and working together towards towards one goal it's it's completely fine but if you want to establish different teams in different countries then definitely you need to have an office and definitely you need to have a, a leader who would be local because yes. same as different cultures different countries have different leadership styles Yes. So, so having one leader working with with all of the all of the countries, all, all of the people in different countries in the distributed team becomes really complex. 
because you have to understand as a leader, you have to understand all those subtle, you know, differences between between people, between cultures, different like dealing with different situations, especially with conflict, which becomes really hard. Um, and if you are this, if you are a leader and your team is distributed and you have to, you know, resolve problems which are local, and you're not there, it's just it's just impossible. So, yeah. so if you have if you have a team which is um, if you have different teams, you have more people. You definitely need to have a, a local leadership. Um, but on a small scale, as we as we are at Momentum, for instance, we have we have twelve people working for us in different parts of the world. We have one person work, actually working from the US. Uh, we have people from the UK. We have people from from India. Uh, we have one person from Australia, which is also you know. Mm. Uh, but you know, if you have a team of freelancers, that's a, that's a slightly different dynamics, right? Because because they are not part like they don't get involved that much on a personal level. Typically, of course, not always, but but they're not employed by by us, right? So so that's slightly different different relationship we have. Um, that's a good start. I mean, it's a good start to, to set up a, a, a local local branch, always. Mm. Mm. And what, what sort of uh, what sort of challenges have you experienced from a kind of cultural perspective? Oh, <laughs> any examples? Any stories? <laughs> yeah. So, so typically, uh, you know, we different cultures have different ways of. Uh, of solving problems and of dealing with with conflicts. I think conflict is a good if it's a good topic because it's it's very emotional and that's something as a leader that you it, it's probably the hardest things to control as a leader is our emotions of our team, especially if they are not based in your country if they're if they're, if they're mm. far away. Um, so so for instance, um, we have uh, like some of the people we work with. Especially in the in the Far East, uh, I think it was guy from Pakistan or I think it was Pakistan or India. I don't remember at the time. Uh, we had with that person at the time, uh, but you know sometimes they nod and they think you think it's okay, but it's mm. definitely not okay, right? Because they're yeah. not because some some of the cultures are taught not to show their emotions, uh, especially if they if they feel that you are in a bit of a superior position towards them that they won't tell you everything and it's not like they're trying to hide something from it's just a cultural thing <laughs> so so that that becomes that becomes really really difficult and i remember uh, you know people in people living in poland or poles are quite open and they they speak what they what they think uh, and I remember when when we had when I started working with Swede, with Swedes uh, Swede uh, people from Sweden are very like polite and very kind, which is great. They're fantastic people. Mm. The thing is that they they are not as explosive as we are, <laughs> <laughs> and they're not as direct as we are. And yeah. so I remember when somebody told me, um, when I was, I was solving some problem, and they told me that my boss told me that I could do it some, I could resolve this problem in some way. And I said, okay. And I did it my way. <laughs> because he said, <laughs> I could, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the day after, he answered me and says, did you solve it this way? I said, no. Why? <laughs> I told you so. I said, no, he told me I could do it this way. So, so you know, 
sometimes sometimes people are not as direct as they um, as as you are, and you're expecting them yeah. to be open and direct, and and especially resolve conflict. Um, talking about conflicts openly, and and some of the cultures are not that not they don't they avoid conflicts even to that extent. Which is yeah. great and as a facade, right? Because it's you come to the, you come to the group, you come to the team, and everything is fine, and you're happy, and everybody seems to be happy. Uh, but then the problem, if not resolved, it gets bigger and bigger, and and then it becomes, you know, uh, you you see that people are going to conference rooms and just ch- chatting, and it's like something is happening here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so those syndromes um, mean that there is something something going on that is not not on the surface. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember. I'm just, just you've got me sort of thinking now. But with um, a couple of examples, just just between the UK and France, I remember my French team. Um, they they really revered the leadership in 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 the in the company, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, this was a a food company. But you know, the the managing director, for example, in, of France and the chief executive, they were like um, you know like gods, really, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, and they, they were always completely and utterly stunned by me because I would literally walk into the MD's office, sit on his desk and have a chat on the corner of his desk. <laughs> uh, and, and, and actually, they were also shocked because after a period of time, he'd, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be delighted to see me when I walked in and would invite me in for a natter. And they would, we, just don't, we just don't do that around here. And the other, the other cultural thing that really surprised me was um, I used to buy, be responsible for buying of, of, of ingredients like flour for 15 factories, the team I had, and, uh, and, and negotiating contracts with flour millers uh, mm-hmm. in, across France. You get, you, the, the, first, the first conversation they would expect you to go in and just purely talk about the market that year you wouldn't you would have any conversation and they would take you out and they would buy you a big meal and they would um try and force feed wine down you and then the second time you could you you had to go in the second time and then they would um want to have um talk a little bit more about um a, a possibly about a you know a price and and a volume but then mm-hmm. the third time you go in you would agree it now of course being a brit on the tight time scales with 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 lots of different countries and factories. I'd need to go in and sort it in one go. It would cause chaos. It would happen. But I would be breaking through all the cultural barriers yeah. and norms. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing is, is, the, uh, is the handshake. I think it was also like when you said you sat on the desk, I was thinking like, yeah, I remember when I, when I came to my team, um, it was, again, it was Sweden, um, and I, you know, it's typical for Poles that we, when we meet people in the morning, we come to the office and we shake hands with everybody. Yes. And they were like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's this, you know, it's not hy- hygienic, right? To handshake every day with everybody. It's like, look, what? imagine if everybody was handshaking with everybody. How, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just disgusting. I was like, Geez, it's completely normal, right? It's like we're, yeah, we're it's same in England, really. Was was pre-pandemic, of course. Yeah, of course. In, yeah, pre-pandemic it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, and and now you wonder actually why we did we did it, and when you think about the spreading of colds and flu, and we didn't, you know, people people did it even if they had a runny nose, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was automatic. Why did we do it? Um, so, so any um. You know, any thoughts on how you best understand this with people? How, how do you do? You talk to your 
that, that your your team members in different countries to understand cultural norms? How do you get a grip of it? Absolutely, absolutely. I think one when when you are when you are joining as team as, as I was joining the team as a leader, uh, the first thing I was doing I was taking a a new uh, you know new um, spreadsheet, uh, and I was just marking names and what the people what drives people. Mm. So I was I was marking what drives every single individual and what to you know what to be careful about, <laughs> um, but especially what drives people. I think that's one of the things that that you as a leader should should understand. And given that uh, you know people who live in different countries, they might have completely different um, different needs, different aspirations, and different expectations on you as a leader as well. So you need to understand that, and and that's I think that's the only way to go about it. Just understand the culture and understand the the individuals you have in the team. Because even in the in even in the same culture, you have people with different expectations and different needs yeah. and different drives. Um, and you, as a leader, must understand that because the only way to motivate people in your team, but that that that, that's, that goes even beyond cultures. Like even if if your local team. You, if you want to motivate people, you need to understand what are their, dri- their drives, what is their why, as yeah. Simon uh, Sinek would Sinek. say, right? Yeah. Um, so understand the why, why, what motivates them, uh, and, and that's the only way I think understand and try to meet that on a daily basis mm. and review, your- review it, of course. Yeah. And what's, what's your if you're setting up a business and you're going, it's, it's becoming, it's becoming international. Uh, and uh, you've got to set up teams potentially in, in um, you know, in a new a new country. How do you how do you best sort of consider the best structure, mm-hmm. and, and and the best way to implement it? So first of all, uh, you need to start with with establishing a, a solid partner on the other side. So before business comes a, a person, right? That is on the other yeah. side. So if I say say I'm like the business that we opened in Switzerland, for instance, we had a guy on the ground who was trusted and who we knew and who who knew how to do it. Right? He knew the local culture. Talking about cultures, he knew the local um, local local regulation regulations as well. Like there's there are so many so many difficulties. You know when you when you when you uh, when you open a branch in a new country, so you need to have a local person, somebody who is trusted. Um, and then I always go for flat organization because I think that that trumps all the you know all the other structural uh, um, companies. Of course, at some point you need to have a structure, right? But but we, if you are small, you don't need to have a structure. You yeah. just have you need to have a partner on the other side. Um, if you're big, that changes completely because I mean not completely but it changes a bit because there needs to be some sort of a structure maybe like a mother company or, or something but but in the beginning it's just just a good partner on the other side uh, as somebody who with leadership skills as well because they'll be hiring people that's extremely important um, so if they need some support from from the rest of the organization that definitely you need to give it to them um, but they will be the first person to open to open the door, open an office. Um, I would definitely go there, spend some time there, understand the the local market or the local the local reg- regulations as well. Try to establish the company. Uh, 
but I think that the 90, 80 to 90 percent of the of the load would be on that person mm. in that country. Yeah. I just got a couple of minutes to commercial break, but I'm just wondering, with in identifying that person, I've certainly been in situations where it's uh, um, you know there's a, a com- some conversation within your network, and you kind of you kind of come to somebody, mm-hmm. uh, and and you, you're really keen to get in that market. Uh, and that person then becomes very attractive, but they might not always be the right person in the long in the long term. Have you experienced that when you, you know, absolutely, you were- absolutely, and that's why that's why I am a big, um, I, I really trust personal uh, tests, and that's something I'm when when we when we get a new team member, we always start with a with personal test to explore yeah, what are their strong true. points and what are the weak yeah. points. So yeah. I suppose what you've got to do is you've got to identify the role and the, and the ideal person you want in it and then mm-hmm. ensure that you, you, you hire to the role, not to your emotions. Exactly. <laughs> or, or, or to, I like him because he, or her because they're like me. You know, you've got to make sure you get the right person in the job. Um, and, and I think the psychometrics are helpful, aren't they? Yeah. So, so do a proper recruitment job is what we're saying. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And map their skills with their, with their, uh, with their role with the expectations. Role Absolutely, and their aspirations, etc. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now. After the break, um, we'll, um, we'll we'll find out a little bit more. How do we deal with conflict between um, internationally, when um, particularly, you know, when you've got to do it online and things like that at the moment, if it's not so easy to travel. Um, so we'll be back again with you in uh, in just a moment, a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Wukash Brisky. We're talking about uh, about teams at the moment, and and Wukash, I'm I'm sort of interested. When you've got you've got conflict, you've got maybe multiple countries, and you've got some conflict that's going on between people. Um, how do you best solve these situations when things get dysfunctional? And and also maybe at the moment when you it's not so easy just to fly out and talk to people. You've got to do it maybe like we're doing at the moment online. Mm-hmm. 
well, of course, of course, now it becomes really, really difficult. Uh, but normally, when 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 I when I dealt with conflict, and I had a, a few situations where I really entered uh, a dysfunctional team uh, in the past, um, was first of all, you need to understand the situation. Uh, and of course, it's really it's really hard because people don't want to talk about. Typically, people don't want to talk. There are some people who don't want to talk about it. And on mm. the other hand, you have people who are very exposed and want to talk, tell you everything, but it's just their story, right? Yes. <laughs> so you, you hear different stories, different opinions, and now how to find your own um, picture, right, of the of the situation. So, so something I really like um, uh, is first of all you know, doing one-on-ones with everybody just to understand what's the situation, what's the problem. Um, and then trying to put everything together. Uh, but I really believe in in um, Patrick Lencioni's uh, model of five dysfunctions of a team. Uh, we, might, we, might, we might talk about it briefly in a moment, but, but we, trying to make the team understand where the problem is. Mm. The power of, a, of, of leadership comes... Um, uh, comes from from letting people understand what's the problem and letting them resolve the conflict and letting them resolve the problem. Uh, and I know it's really hard. Uh, it's even 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 harder when it's when it's online. In, when we have when we are distributed and we can't just fly over uh, and having those gatherings as we as we used to have um, because. Obviously, from time to time, uh, the, the the regular meetings of a team, the meetups of a team, should be something just put in the calendar because people mm. still are. Even though we are working online most of the time, um, I'm talking about distributing teams. Um, then we we need to build those relationships uh, sometimes. Um, one of the actually most fun events uh, like that was was I was working for corporate and they they flew everybody. To Thailand for oh, wow. I think it was for for a week, and it was one thousand two hundred people. <laughs> wow! So so yeah, it was it was a massive wow. company. We had like 50, 50 offices around the globe, and they flew everybody, literally everybody who wanted could go there. And mm. we were were twelve hundred people in Thailand. Um, uh, you know, having those meetups and finally being able to see everybody from like mm-hmm. the whole organization, from uh, from from simple employees to up to the top to the management, and everybody could could have a drink together was was absolutely amazing. So I think I, I really value meeting people, even if we are distributed. From time to time, we need to just meet, and I know it costs money. Costs a lot of money sometimes if we, if people if people are are so much distributed, um, but it pays off from time to time at least. And what, what's your what's your view on? Uh, I'm just thinking now. You, you know, there's, there's kind of a bit of uh, you know personal uh, values based pressure, but also environmental pressure about us all jumping on airplanes like we used to. And you know, think um, you know, 1,200 return flights from Thailand. Uh, and uh, you know what that what that contributes to global warming, etc. Do you think do you think those days are are still achievable to make them happen, or are they a thing of the past? Uh, well, first of all, I'm I'm really conscious about the about the war, global warming. Um, so so uh, I do I do think it is it is a, a major impact. 
if people fly all over the place all the time. Uh, but I think uh, so, so. So I think it's definitely going to change. Uh, we won't be flying as much as we used to. But again, if we want to keep the teams distributed and having company branches all over the, the world, we still need to do this. Mm. Of course, doesn't mean we can't change the way we work and maybe make those teams slightly more independent. And that's that's even that's even supports um, you know having different con- different silos siloses across the globe with, with different specialization. Um, so that people don't need to meet up that much. Um, but again, that causes risks <laughs> uh, mm. because if, if, you know, if something happens in one country, we're sort of, and we have everything, all our resources in, in, a, in, a, in, a, you know, in, the, in the, one of the company's area yeah. Yeah. there, then of course there's a risk for the company. So, so companies, will be, companies will still be willing to have distributed teams and distributed responsibility across the globe. Um, Globalization is is really you know complex. Um, so so um, uh, there's no there's no one best solution. Um, but if we but I think if we want to keep those relationships between between countries and between team members, we we still need to meet sometimes. Not mm-hmm. maybe not that often, maybe, but maybe you know. Of course, we we're gonna probably meet more off more online, which is which is better for for uh, for the climate um and we need to do that we i remember in once we were were testing the approach when we had a camera in the, in the in the room in our in the room where we worked and there was the same camera on the other side uh in the other team and we had like a huge screen displaying what's happening in the other office and uh, so that was a, a, a way to 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 bridge that gap between yeah. country, between countries between teams, um, so obviously there are different ways to to do it uh, to to um, to bring those teams closer without flying. Uh, the technology definitely helps us and supports us in that, and hopefully we'll have even more uh, better solutions in the future for to to bring to bridge that gap. Yeah, I think we can. I think you can definitely uh, build, you know, connection online i mean i think uh, a lot of people still don't particularly like it but i think it is possible to do it and to do it well um but there's still there's nothing quite like being in the same room is there it is a different feel isn't it yeah to the to the and uh, a different you know you feel the energy of the, of the other people easier um mm-hmm. being in a space together so i suppose it's just being pragmatic and i look back and there was a two, two years of my working life when i was maybe three years what three years i would say when i was I flew, you know, did a did a, a return international flight three times a month. I would say on average for for three years. I mean, I couldn't really justify that now, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've done one in eighteen months. Life at the customs. So what? Um, I mean, you know, if things. What are your tips where if things don't go well and, uh, you know, you have to maybe, you know, close down a location? I mentioned there having a business when we had to close down the French office. And, mm-hmm. and any, any thoughts from you when things aren't going well, how you best manage that when it's international? 
Uh, well, I've been in that situation before, so I, I know, and uh, I had actually been in the situation twice. Uh, one was was dealt with very well, and I think, and I think that's the model I would go for when I, when I do it next time. Um, and one was absolutely dreadful, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the dreadful one, but I'm gonna <laughs> but I'm gonna talk about the good one. Um, we. Um, there was an office closed. Um, I was I was one of the member of the staff. I was I was on the, le- the leadership position, but I still was um, was made redundant. Um, and the way it was that was basically very very friendly. It was actually an American company that closed an office uh, in Europe, um, and obviously the, the 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 MD came over uh, and you know, had a discussion with us. Uh, the the, leg- the regular thing, right? The HR person comes to. <laughs> To the team, here's the, the pile of documents to sign, right? Uh, here are your boxes. Uh, but, um, you know, but as a company, you don't want to leave bad impression because, because it will be hard for people, right? Layoffs are always hard. Uh, and they always leave this feeling of um, being left uh, mm. by, by your employer. Um, so, so obviously, the, the the package that you get and you give to your employees should be uh, should be um, um, should be good enough for them to feel that they are not just left on the street. Um, yes. I remember when 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 we when we got it, uh, we actually had a few meetings with other companies who needed people with the same profile. So, for instance, if we if we close an office, we come to the to the to the companies in the same, uh, say, branch, or the same you know industry, and we yes. ask around if they need employees because we are forced to yes. to let people go, and and they had nice. meetings well in our office, right? We we, we I could organize people the meetings with them with my employees in my office, uh, for other companies to just let people find a job right away because people don't like to be lonely and, and left and coming to work as like, like zombies, um, sad and, 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 and sour, uh, even, you know, demotivate some other people in the team mm. who are staying, if there are people who are staying. Um, but again, everything needs to be, needs to be, um, need to need to match the local context and the local culture as well right because they're different cultures some countries you know it's it's just people just let, let go and that's that's it yeah. that's life yeah. right uh, yeah. whereas some some in some com- some areas of the world people build bring that uh, build that connection between between themselves and employees uh, yes. and that's when you have to be very careful um on how you it's a delicate. It's a delicate moment for. Okay, yeah, yeah. Need to understand the legislation, everything as well. I don't need for that country. Yeah. Um, excellent. Well, I, I want to. Um, that's been really, really great. And I want to. Um, I've only got about a couple of minutes. So I need to wrap up. Really. Um, you know what? Um, what does the next twelve months look like for you? And uh, and what sort of people do you like to connect with you? If uh, mm-hmm. would be that would be ideal. Well, uh, I'm right now. I'm. I'm very much focusing on um, on establishing the company within the, the online marketing because because that's something we need uh, as a as a society. I think that's I mean we're going we're going online more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean life showed us that we need to leave online with one leg 
on the ground and one one leg in the internet, right? Uh, so so definitely, I would be I would be happy to connect with people who who are in the in the similar area to connect to to exchange experience. Um, and for me, I, I'll be still focusing on educating people on how to do it properly, uh, how to move your business, your bricks and mortar, uh, you know, business to to the internet. It's not easy by far. Um, so, so definitely I'll be, I'll be still focusing on, I'm planning to grow my company to at least 10 more employees, uh, the, up at the end of the year, because there's so much demand for, for consultancy in marketing. Um, and then we're looking into, into expanding to other uh, areas of Europe. Um, we have currently, we have customers uh in in three different countries in europe in in uh, in sweden in the uk and in switzerland so we're probably going to establish a, a, a branch in the uk so outside eu <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, now right um that's a del- delicate topic in, here in europe um so so uh, we're, we're we're going definitely outside poland um and i still want to keep my I still need to keep my my my, my running business. So well, we've got, we got to leave you there because we're going to get cut off very shortly. Um, but absolutely brilliant talking to you. If you want to connect with um, Lukash, I mean, he has a website, Lukash L. So, um, I say Lukash. We he, he um, refer to as Wukash is the way it's I believe it's uh, said in Poland. But L U K A S Z b r z y s k i dot com l u k a s z b r z y s k i dot com um lucas it's been it's been a really great talking to you today thank you for being our, our first guest from poland um and i hope you're not the um uh, not the last has been absolutely brilliant on next week's show we've got peter kelly detweiler um he we're going to talk about energy next week and uh just you know, if, if you're if, if energy is important to you and your your business, um, you know, kind of utilities that sort of thing, we're really going to go into this in a in a really interesting way. He's a real um, Peter, a real global expert on um, on um, um, electricity and and, uh, and gas and those kinds of things. But I think understanding what's really going on in these markets is important to uh, to businesses right now globally. Um, and I was just blown away by how fascinating this was and uh, the insight that Peter was providing me with. So do join us, find out more about energy next week and, uh, and what it all means. And in, and in the meantime, Wukash, been brilliant talking to you today. Thanks so much. And uh, wish, you, much. wish you well. Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.